0: Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium.
1: Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo.
0: And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff.
1: Welcome to The The Soul Spot. Hi, friends. Hi, everyone. Happy day after Easter. Hope you all had a good quarantined, cozy Easter with your loved ones. If you were only able to be with your loved ones virtually, I am sending you a big virtual hug. Yeah. How was yours, Nadia? You know what? Um, Pretty good. Uh, The highlight of my weekend was I scored some Cadbury mini eggs. Are you familiar with the mini eggs? I'm obsessed. I've gone through like five bags since- Oh, okay. Since, yes, I love them. Okay. It's funny you say five bags because I actually scored five bags. No way. <laughs> no, literally, like I wish this was a joke, but I'm, I'm dealing with stress through chocolate. And then like I ran out. So I literally spent- um upwards to three hours googling different people that shipped chocolate and as it turns <laughs> out like see like I couldn't find mini eggs anywhere okay I, I'll t- take you on my journey for a minute yeah, I couldn't yeah, find yeah. mini eggs anywhere um so like my next favorite is um the C's dark chocolate with almonds so I go on the website C's isn't producing chocolate they're not I know they stopped online. they stopped now the all, and, their factory
0: shut for the first time like ever
1: okay you know what the, the last time it shut down world war ii it's crazy i mean crazy Crazy. right (laughs) so i was on this like psychotic chocolate mission and then um my one of my girlfriends was like you have to do target drive up and yeah my i'm there every day yes and i was like wait a minute i tried it and it didn't work and then she checked for me and i wasn't crazy like my target didn't offer the drive up so i went to a further target Uh, because i don't give up i always
0: wondered why (laughs) you don't do that all the
1: time. I'm like, if I'm obsessed
0: with this, I know you're going to be obsessed with it. No, my
1: target does drive up, but they didn't, they don't do drive up for mini eggs. Oh, it's cause they probably don't have enough stock. Yeah. So anyways, I went like an extra 10 minutes out of my way. Worth it. I, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't give up. I-
0: Dave is going to laugh so hard <laughs> when he hears this because I like hoard the mini eggs. Uh huh. Kind of like hands off, those are mommies. Like, hundred percent. Oh no, I hide mine. Yeah, like yeah, my yeah. kids have
1: so many other treats, but like those mini eggs live in my dresser. Yep. I know. So sorry. So, anyways, that was definitely the highlight of my weekend. That's fantastic. That's I fantastic. <laughs> feel really good about that. But good. no, we we you know uh, spirits were good, and uh, we're hanging in there. How about you guys? We're
0: good. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later, but Dave had his fortieth quarantined birthday party on Friday.
1: Yes. Um
0: but it was good. Like we we definitely made the best of it. And then like Easter Sunday morning, I got a text message from one of my girlfriends saying, like, turn on um like the YouTube live or whatever with Andrea Bo- Bocelli at the um, I don't know, like somewhere in Milan. In I Milan
1: think, at that or, church, yeah. the Doma. The
0: the Duomo. I'm gonna, yeah Milan, I'm going to yeah. butcher it. And um, so we turned it on and I was like with the kids and I, if you guys saw like the last five minutes of it or whatever, I mean, it was so incredibly powerful. His voice is just, it just hits you to the soul, you know? Press and. It, yeah is it is, it's just like breathtaking, breathtaking, like chills. And then at the end, like the, the last like five minutes or so of it, like I just lost it. Like I, yeah. I cried like a baby. Like I cried like uncontrollably. And, um, I had to excuse myself cause I think I was scaring the kids and I had to just like take <laughs> a minute, but it was weird. Cause it's the first time I've cried through this and I'm a crier, you know, that like I'm a total crier, yeah. but this was the first time that I cried and I think just like the music and the images of where there used to be so much life, I'm going to get emotional mm-hmm. just talking about it, but it's like, they're used to just, you know, seeing the streets of Paris and London and everything. And it's like usually so much hustle and bustle and so much life for it to be empty, just that stark comparison. And I don't know, it just hit me and it, it took me like a long time to kind of regroup, but it was incredibly powerful. I'm happy. I had that moment because I, I do feel like I needed to process it and just like take it in you know so yeah but it was it was that was kind of like my moment but
1: I I watched it too and if you guys haven't seen it please just go um to YouTube and type in Andrea Bucelli 2020 Easter and it's the images are so breathtaking he steps out in silence you hear his footsteps to sing Amazing Grace. He's in front of this spectacular church and he walks up to the microphone and then they pan to every city around the world. And like you said, like the streets are where there's so much life are just empty and these images are like so haunting and so beautiful. But for some reason when you watch it you feel so connected. Yeah. Right. Like you you just think, oh my gosh, like we are really all in this together. Yeah. And it's uh, definitely moved me to tears too. He yeah. always moves me to tears. I anyways, this his voice is so beautiful. And just but- with that
0: song too, God, like amazing grace will make I me know. cry no matter, you know, like my kids definitely. can sing it and I'll start crying. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, to hear it like that is just, it was, it was pretty remarkable. So.
1: Yeah. All right. So I think we want to touch on all of the loss that, this world has experienced at this point where we are in this COVID game. I mean, what I don't even know. What are we on week four? Are we yeah. going into week five of most people being quarantined and there's a, you know the death tolls are really high, which you know a lot of people at this point know somebody who's been sick or know somebody even if it's remotely who has passed, and it does feel like we're kind of in this collective period of. Not only transition, but you know, mourning. Even yes. if it's kind of like a um, a secondhand mourning, right? Yeah. Just kind of feeling that energy and not and feeling helplessness, really, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you know we've been doing these podcasts since since we've been in quarantine, obviously, and and it just feels like we'd be remiss not to mention all of those like wonderful lives that were lost and who have passed over especially doing a spiritual podcast and doing what we do, you know, and doing what I do is I think we need to like make mention of it. And like right now the, the death tolls like from around the world is 114,000 deaths, which is just like a number that is hard to even like wrap your mind around. And then in like the U S it's, let's see, that's new deaths. The total deaths are um, 22,000 now in the us which i'm sure you heard but this weekend we surpassed every country in the world with the highest number of deaths to this so i want to just take a minute and like pay our respect and send our love and send our condolences to all of those who have lost people to this because those numbers are hard to put your mind around but it's like i do individual readings and it's like to feel that loss one-on-one is overwhelming and then to to think about it to that scale is just really heartbreaking.
1: You know, it's, it's hard to even process that. Like, yeah, we're praying for everybody who has a loved one who they have not been able to be with while they're sick. Or, I mean, God forbid, I mean, a lot of people are dying alone, which is really, really hard to reconcile.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I will say, and like in talking about this, you know, and processing it all. When I spoke to, I was like talking to Dave about it and he even said, he's like, I don't, I have like a different perspective on it now. Like doing what you do and being able to like connect with people on the other side, it does lend a different perspective. Absolutely. It makes it easier to, to stomach for sure, because you know, there's more, it's like, I know with every fiber of my being that there's more than, than what we see in the physical 100% but i still feel the loss of the physical you know and mm-hmm. and it does make it easier but it's still painful to you still need to mourn you still need to grieve i mean any medium or anybody who does the spiritual work can understand yes the souls are on to a better place like i am not crying for those lives lost necessarily i'm crying for those people who have lost a loved one and now right. have to know a new version of their life and you know, so it's more about the people who are in the physical than the people who have passed because mm-hmm. I know firsthand when somebody passes that transition is going home and and that sounds cheesy, but it really is like, it's like the best way I can describe it. It's like, they're in a familiar area. This is an unknown space to them. Like they're back into like a familiar safe home. We are left here in this like classroom of earth having to like re-navigate. Right. You know, the, human,
1: the human experience of grief is probably the worst thing that we experience here on earth. Absolutely. And
0: it's the most painful experience is to, yeah. to grieve. And and you mentioned too, Nadia, is the idea of people who are, you, you know, we've heard these stories of these people who are not able to be with their loved ones in their final moments or not being able to be with them while they're really sick. I will say this, like from my experience and my perspective on this, is that I've done at this point like hundreds of readings. And I do honestly believe that it's impossible to have a soul die alone. I understand how painful it must be for those if like you if you lost a mother, or father, or a loved one that you can't be with, but they're certainly not alone. So I want to just tell everybody that right away is that when somebody passes, when a soul passes. Usually before they pass, they're already greeted by people from the other side, and they'll feel the presence and you'll hear these accounts. I mean there's there's several like documented accounts of people who will like speak to their you know spouse who's already passed, like while they're in the hospital bed as if they're there with them, or they'll speak to their mom or they'll speak to their grandma and like even reach out and kind of hold a hand when they're passing. So the the spirit world and the loved ones on the other side would never ever let, a soul die alone. So you may not have been there or the physical person may not have been there to help transition them in. And that is painful and it's awful, but they also are not alone because they will be surrounded by spirit family and friends and guides and angels and all of that to like transition them into the other side. So I hear, you know, I hear that, and I, I just wish I could call all these people on the phone and be like, I know you feel so awful you couldn't be there, but they're okay. Like, they're right. okay. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make the person who is in the physical feel that much better, but it might a little bit help.
1: Um, it's so interesting because before you even said it, I was thinking about all of those um, near-death ex- near experience uh, stories I've read one of them, I read a whole book. What was that guy's name who was the brain doctor? I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the book. Something about heaven. Anyways, he has this crazy near-death experience where he's in a coma for a while, but you hear about all of these people that, like you said, uh, come close to death, and they, they seem to be kind of like the veil thins, and they're with these yeah. loved ones. Yeah. And everyone has these similar stories, I love these stories because I love when people like all around the world from different times and places all have these same accounts and there's kind of like that evidence you look for, right? Where it's like, okay, everyone's saying this thing, (laughs) like there has to be something to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And there is like, I mean, I, one thing that when spirit comes to me, when I'm doing reading, one thing that they usually start with is, um, who was there when they passed. So it is like the, you know, grandma met me first. Right. Important that you know, like I've had one, I don't remember exactly who it was, but it was so cool. I think it was a father who had passed and they were saying, I need you to know that I was greeted by my mother. This is important for you to know that I was greeted by my mother. And I guess they didn't have a relationship in the physical. So it was like one of those things like, I know it sounds crazy, but you need to know that this was like healed and like, I'm with my mother. And so there's just these beautiful reunions that take place during that transition time. And when my grandpa came through, he wasn't like a huge believer in this. Like, I think that he believed in God, but he was like,
1: certainly not a religious man. I Um, I remember you told me some of this that was kind of like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I remember when you first told me about this and I was like, whoa. Right.
0: And he, um, when I, I went to, um, a medium who got him and she said that when he came through, he was talking about how wonderful it was over there and that he's so happy. He didn't believe in it before because he had no expectations. And so it was like his mind was blown when he crossed because it was like, I didn't expect anything Right. And this is like way better than I could have ever expected. And the way that he described it was, it's like trying to describe a color you've never seen. Yes.
1: That was it. That was what you told me. That was like, that is such a cool line. Yeah. And that was my
0: grandpa who was, I mean, he's of that generation, right. Where it's kind of like no bullshit. He's not like, so he, he wasn't a huge believer in it, but I could hear him saying that like in his Danish accent, you know, and I love that. So, yeah, I mean, and, and we all transition and, that's another one who was like greeted by his mom when he crossed over. And for better or worse, I've been around a lot of death and when they cross over, they are not alone. So please take some comfort in that. And the grieving process for all of those, you know, I think of New York city, I just can't even like wrap my brain around it. Like how many lives are lost and these drive by funerals. Have you heard of that? No,
1: because they're not able to hold a funeral. So it's like, actually I have. Yeah. And like to,
0: like I was talking to Dave about it and I was like, I just can't even imagine for somebody who's grieving, like all you do, you turn into a child again, when you're in that weekend of a place where right. all you need is comfort and hugs. Like you need physical, I mean, not touch. for everybody, but a lot of people do need touch. Touch is very important. It's very healing. Yeah. Um. You know, to, to be robbed of that while you're trying to grieve is, is really like, it's a true test, I think to like dig in and find your connection with the universe and with God and, and with your loved ones, because you're kind of left with all you have is you, you know, and your right. You know, the faculties that you have, I guess.
1: Um, okay. I got the name of the book. It's proof of heaven.
0: Have you oh, heard of it?
1: Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, um, by Evan Alexander, um, MD, and it's a neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife. If you guys want a, f- a fun, deep read, Cause it's not, it's it's heavy, but it's also not. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just it's so fascinating, and to me, it was really comforting because it's just like another piece of evidence about. But there's like, more, yeah. There's more, and um, his story was really unique because I remember now he was in a coma that the type of coma he was in. Um, you don't dream. There's there's there was not really showing any brain activity, so it was there was no medical explanation for what he experienced. And one of the coolest things he experienced in my opinion was he basically was with this woman on the other side and he describes her in detail, but he had never like known her on earth. And then once he does recover from his coma, he ends up reconnecting with his family that he uh, wasn't connected with before. And it turns out that woman was like his sister that he did not work with that had passed when they were young. So just this crazy, like, you know, one of those, you know, these things that kind of like blow your mind open. How would, how would you even explain that? And especially this is coming from a guy who was like a doctor of the brain. <laughs> so right, right. it was kind of like the perfect person for this to happen it to. The, yeah,
0: <laughs> it is. It is so cool because I think we all hear these stories and we're like, yes, that's amazing. That's so cool. I believe it. And then we forget about it for yeah. a while. And then it's like, we kind of use it when needed And now's the time we need it. So it's like, let's bring out all these stories. Let's like read about all of that to bring us comfort because, you know, there are so many different accounts of this. And one of them is Anita Morjani and her book is called Dying to Live. It's just incredible. It's like her crossing over and then like having um, terminal cancer, her crossing over, being in a coma, similar thing, and then coming back cancer free.
1: So it's it's
0: just like a remarkable story, but there's so many of these accounts and, and it's just, it's cool to have it documented like that because I hear it kind of anecdotally doing what I do, but to have it documented is really, really cool.
1: I love it. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's important right now. Like we're in this time, we're all being tested. It's definitely transitional. Some of us are being tested more than others, but I think it's important that we focus on all of the the positive things coming from humanity right now. I feel like humanity is really rising up and we're leveling up and we're being forced to put our best foot forward. There's a lot of really cool stories in the news. We talked about all those feel good news channels and more popping up. Um, You posted, and I had posted two separately, like John Krasinski Also known as Jim from the office. I love her so much. Obsessed. He started um, this really cute from his house, from his home office, this little news network called Some Good News. And, you know, it's in the same vein as um, uh, some of these other good news channels, but this is really cool because he'll Skype in with some of his celebrity friends. He brought Steve Carell, you know, in there and they were reminiscing about old times, but he's sharing these super touching stories and these amazing things people are doing around the world right now. And I think it's really important that like we consciously give ourselves ourselves a healthy dose of that every day because you know, what we tell our minds becomes a reality and we have no choice but to digest and all the tragedy that's happening right now, all our freedoms that are um, being taken from us because we're making a sacrifice for something bigger So we need to remind ourselves that we're connected, that people are good, that, that we are still kind of resilient in these awful times. So seriously, you guys go check it out. Some good news. They have an Instagram account or you can go to his Instagram account, but there's so many cool stories popping up. Like I was reading about this kid, this 16 year old kid here, let me pull it up. The 16-year-old kid just got his pilot's license. He doesn't even have a driver's license, you guys. And he's using his pilot license to deliver hospital masks to rural areas across the country. Like, in his area. Like, it's amazing. And they started a whole nonprofit. It is on the site. If you guys want to read more about him, it's on the site. So this is another site, Good News Network. It's, I mean, it's so cool. His name's TJ. (laughs) TJ Kim. God bless you, TJ. And he's in Maryland. Thank you, TJ, from Maryland. So check him out. And then, like, I know Matthew McConaughey, he's been hosting senior bingo nights. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. amazing. I haven't heard. I have not heard that.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. So, yeah, like,
1: via Zoom, he – okay, listen to this headline. Um, This is from Tank's (laughs) Good News. Matthew McConaughey surprised quarantine seniors by hosting a virtual bingo night all night, all night, all night. <laughs> so it's like so awesome. He's, he's there with his family and he's calling out the numbers and he's putting smiles on people's faces. Founder of Twitter, Jack Dorsey just pledged $1 billion, which is I 20, that. 28% of his net worth to COVID relief efforts, Incredible! Just like Bravo, you know? Yep. Um, so people are really stepping up around the world and in in small ways. I know so many people, people in my friend circles, people are sewing masks and it's like, it's sad that that's what it's come to, but people are really just doing anything they can to feel like they're doing something to be part of it. So just remember that and seek out the good news because it's out there. I know that I'm still taking lessons from my own life and I've, I'm in a different headspace than I was a week ago. I mean, like, I mean, do you feel different, Jen? Because I feel like I'm kind of like in this mini evolution.
0: Yeah, and it's, I talked about this last week and I posted something on Instagram, but there is a collective consciousness, you know? And I think that it's interesting because- Week one, I think we were all feeling the same way and it was kind of this relief and like, oh, okay, like we're going to be safe and we're going to be home and we can kind of just like hang out for a little while. And then like week two, it kind of changed to like being a little bit more anxiety ridden. And then we, you know, it's like, it's just evolved so much. Um, I mean, of course everybody has individual accounts of this, but I do think that there's kind of some trends like collectively. And yeah, I definitely feel that. I mean, I, I feel like this week was harder because there was a lot of rain and, um, the fresh air and getting outside has really been like our break and our safe. Yeah. Like it's been like saving to us. Um, and then, so that was hard. And then also just having these celebrations, like my husband's 40th, that's, that just sucks that like he had to do it. I will say, and I want to say thank you to everybody who came out. It ended up being like really cool. It ended up being like pretty badass. So I just texted everybody and tried to get one of those like birthday car parades going. And it was great because everybody was like on board and they were like, yes, yes. And I was texting and literally in my text chain, it was like, this could be a total shit show or this could be awesome. I have no idea what's going to happen. I've never hosted one of these before. And so he was napping during the day and I set up outside like some balloons and a little table with hand sanitizer and fireball shots, um, in (laughs) in his honor. And then everybody like drove up. And so we, um, we walked out and he was like, he kind of like woke up like the dog peed on the carpet and he's like, what the hell? And then we were like dragging, trying to get out the door. And then he walked out and he saw the balloons. He's like, what's going on? And he's, he looked at me, he's like, what is this? And then right when he says that, like, round the corner, all these cars come, like, honking, um, kids and, and friends of his, like, putting their heads out the sunroofs and um, celebrating him balloons, signs, banners, um, like, gifts for him. It was just incredible. Like, there was probably about, like, 15 or so cars, and it just was, like, all the people he loves and people, it was just cool to see, like, everybody from all different times in our
1: life kind of show up for him. I serenaded him. Yes, you did.
0: <laughs> on the wings of
1: love. It's our song. It's not weird. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Um,
0: but yeah, he, he loved it. And we made the joke because Dave can be like pretty antisocial that this was like the best birthday party of his life.
1: <laughs> Cause he only had to like talk to everybody for 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> he got to like take shots from afar and like wave them on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So we're like, this is what he's going to want to do every year. This was perfect for him. Cause he's not one to want the attention on him at all. So totally, it was, it was perfect. So thank you for think, everyone coming up. It was, it was, you really know cool. what?
1: I think it filled our buckets up just as much because it was so good to like have somewhere to be and get out of the house and like, like <laughs> feel like we were like celebrating him. Like, honestly, like, I you know, know like, like, like one of
0: my girlfriends is like, I'm just so excited. I can put something on the calendar. Totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I got a party to go to. No, it was totally fun.
0: Yeah, so that was a really big highlight, and the kids had a blast. And like, and it's just so funny how what is going to come out of this for the kids, right? Because like, they are it's such a weird experience. Like, Avery will probably have some memories. My daughter who's six, she'll probably have some memories of this. But she's like, "Can I have a car parade for my birthday?" Like, it's just so funny. What's gonna What's gonna stick after this? Right. You know? Right. So yeah, I mean, we definitely are celebrating all the little the little joyful moments when we can.
1: I mean, like, talk about appreciating the little things. Um, my daughter, Emmy, she's friends with every insect in our yard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all the lizards have names. Um, she claims she can tell them apart. But, yeah, it's like, it's, like, really appreciating life at its, like, super most core. I don't – we've had a pretty good week. Um, uh, my son – is continuing to make a lot of progress. It's kind of like really eye opening because oh, I'm with I was with him so much before, but now it's like I'm just so connected with him. I can't even tell you, Jen. Like he's done things this week that he has not never done before. And I'm like blown oh, away. Like I love that some so of much. I, I'll text you pictures, but like some of the things he's drawing, these like perfect little houses, like it took so long for his fine mortar to like be where it is right now, but like, yeah. it's just like kind of these huge moments, these breakthroughs, these, they're breakthroughs, you know, they're really big breakthroughs in like, he just kind of completely evolving before my eyes in this like really weird, like condensed period of time.
0: It's so, so crazy. Like what a mama and child's connection is like, yeah. and it is interesting. You kind of touched on this last time, but the idea of, we want the expert advice Right, we mm-hmm. seek the experts and we seek the opinion of people who studied this and who know better. Right, right like right, and it is so eye opening and so magical that Mama knows best. Like Instincts. you know, there just is something yep. about that connection and the rhythm. Like nobody's gonna know Bubba's rhythm the way that you do. Right, and it's just it's just beautiful. It's magical.
1: Yeah. And like I I said this before, um, but like, it's just the biggest gift for me out of this has just been the confidence that, oh my God, I have all these tools and, you know, sure. It's really hard sometimes. And yes, the village is very, very helpful and I'm so full and I miss them, but it's also like, I have all of those tools within me. And so so my husband and we have them here in this house, you know, um, because we're, we're his family. So it's so cool.
0: It reminds me of this week. I, I get like random text messages all day. I told you that about like things that are like, I think there's a ghost in my house or this and that, or I saw this, like just random clients. Like will give me these like anecdotal stories. And, um, one of them that I got from like a girlfriend of mine said that her daughter, um, was having a hard time falling asleep this week that like she was waking up and that she was having like bad dreams. And she said somebody was whispering to her. So I gave her like some meditations to like, just do to like visualizations when she falls asleep. And then she, like my girlfriend texted me saying that that worked and she slept like a baby. And I was just like, I kind of like smiled. And I was like, we are so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Right. And it's like, sometimes we just need a little like push in the right direction of like, listen to your gut. Like just like for me, whenever I feel like I need to reconnect with one of my kids, laying with them always helps. Like something about just our energies being connected in this piece. And I'll always say like an affirmation around them or I'll do Reiki over them or whatever, but it's, we have so much power in us. Like she let her, I mean, that's not coincidence, right? This girl's been waking up and then she didn't that night that she did like the meditation, the visualization over her. And it just reminds me of you because it's like, we have so much power within us that right. we like, we, I mean, really
1: how powerful are we, you know, it's you cool. know It's when, as soon as you said, you talked about, um, laying with your kids, my mind kind of flashed to like, if I was in, um, like a fight with my husband and I feel like the minute that we're back eye to eye is like, if I just like give him a hug and like, it's that moment of like surrender our favorite keyword, right. It's like that moment of surrender. It really is just like, let all of the other bullshit kind of fade away. Right.
0: I mean, again, the power of touch too, right? Like, and, and there is something so childlike primitive in our nature. That's like when we're in this like frantic, like, yeah, like, just think of a little kid having a tantrum. Like, right. sometimes you just need to go and swoop him up in your arms, uh
1: huh, 100%.
0: And that's how I mean, not that I ever fight with Dave, but like, if I were to, never, right? Just like, never. you never, <laughs> I know that you were just talking about <laughs> hypothetically, um, that like, if he swoops in and gives me a hug, it calms me. It's like, yeah. okay, like, all like, okay, we're reconnected again. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. there's you know, so it is like the idea of like, touch is so powerful, but we have so much power in us, like, touch. Um, energy, just being like more present in what we're observing daily, you know? And I I love that you guys have made progress because I just feel like you guys are so, have always been, but like have such a special connection and it's cool to, to see that yeah. progress, you know? We're
1: like, we're, we're in a really great place right now uh, with everything. And I just feel like so, so totally blessed because this was a scary time just going into it, anticipating what these weeks were going to look like, anticipating what our days were going to look like when his schedule was stripped away and his therapy wasn't there and his school wasn't there. Like, oh my God, like we've relied on this for so many years, even through the summer months, you know, we do summer programs. So there's always been some kind of version of this. And if there wasn't some kind of version of this, there were all of our places, right? Yeah. I've always said like, With my son specifically, it's always been, no matter what age he was, it's always been easier to leave the house with him than to stay home with him, just because I know the things that, like, he likes to do, and it was kind of like, I have these safe places where this is entertaining, and this is that, and this will be, like, we can do this for an hour or whatever. It's harder in stillness, right? But um, this has just been such a crazy test, but also, like, with a really kind of beautiful message for me and all of us. I mean,
0: Um, I, I could not agree more. I mean, I, I'm experiencing that with my kids, like in a different way, obviously, but just the feeling of like, it feels like we're functioning as a unit right now, Mm -hmm. which we normally don't. We function in very separate agendas. We have very separate agendas that I feel like we're constantly micromanaging and controlling Right. And now we're just this like unit. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I can give Dave a look and he comes in, I can give Avery a look and she knows she can't eat that or whatever. You know, it's yep. like, we're just in this rhythm where we've got each other. And it just reminds me so much of, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of how it would be back in the day, I guess, maybe. <laughs> because the father, <laughs> the fa- I don't know. That's not a good are you talking? Are we
1: talking like little house on the prairie kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, it's just the feeling of like, there's a
0: there's a core family, this like family dynamic where it's like meals together. And yep. there's just some, there's something really important about that. And I'm very, you know, this, like I'm very new agey with like what gender roles are and with like what family dynamics are and stuff. And so I don't give much credit to that. And like, it's kind of made me reflect, I guess, like. Um, over the past well, right. few weeks.
1: And I, I think it doesn't have to be, um, gender specific. It's just kind of like everyone, if everyone ha- assumes a role and that's a flow that's, it becomes an yes. organic process and yep. a piece from that. Right. So it's like, I you know I do most of the cooking, but now Jerome's doing all the dishes, which is like so amazing. Cause I hate doing dishes. Thanks Jerome. He, right. And he doesn't mind it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I like, light like cooking again, because to get that help is so great. But it's just kind of like you said, it's like you give someone a look, you find a rhythm, you function as a unit, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's something really beautiful about that time and just connecting with each other. All right, are we ready for some soul science? We are. Shall we? Um, all right, let me pull up my article. And I think this is really important right now. So this is why I chose it Five Ways to Manage Your Mental Health During COVID 19. And this comes to us from healthblog.org. And um, basically, we're just going to go over some little tips, things we've touched on before. But I think everyone right now is kind of screaming for just kind of being unified that this is a collective experience. We're all struggling. We all are looking for new coping mechanisms because a lot of our old ones have been stripped away. So let me just get right into it. Okay. Okay. We may experience increased feelings of anxiety, powerlessness, impatience, irritability, or frustration. We might also experience a sense of scarcity or be concerned about increased stigmatization or xenophobia. We may feel uncertainty about the future or worry about isolation amidst rapidly changing schedules and social plans. While feeling worried is normal and expected, there are many ways we can increase our resilience during this time. Okay, number one, pretty basic, take a break from the news. At a certain point, it can be more upsetting than informational. Um, I totally agree with this. Um, so my side side note here is just gonna be to say, kind of make it a point to keep up with what's going on. We need to know what's going on. Um, stay away from like weird links that you don't trust. I don't know about you, but I get like a million like links a day in like every portal possible. And some of them I'm like, mm, that's weird. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, just find things that you trust, um, get information from reliable places and just do kind of like a daily check and then try to move on. That's my, that's my personal advice. Okay. Number two, take care of your body. I love this one. Deep breaths, stretch, meditate. Try to eat relatively well-balanced meals, move your body regularly, get plenty of sleep, and limit your alcohol and drugs. I mean, um, I'm, laugh- I'm laughing because I literally we killing, killing at Ad- Cadbury mini eggs, and we're like chugging Fireball. So yeah. um,
0: we're not doing any of those. I'm not. I'm not exactly well. I'm modeling not,
1: yeah. this, but it is good advice, you guys. And I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, go on those hikes if you can safely walk around your neighborhood, stretch, do yoga. <laughs> do everything you can to like feel normal and move and get your fresh air and get your body. Right. Um, if you're going to kill a cat bag of cat, very many eggs, I don't blame you. Um, I mean, it's it's great (laughs) advice. It's great advice. (laughs) Number three plan for coping with potentially a potentially sudden drop in social contact. EG classes and events being canceled. Okay. I think, I mean, this is a recent article, but I think we're kind of past that now. I think we all know that this is, we're in this for the long-ish haul, even though we know there's an end in sight. Um, this article goes on to say that in times of crisis, many people seek connection and comfort from others. It is important to find creative ways to maintain those connections. So again, your um, your Zoom calls, your Zoom happy hours. I mean, it's not the same, but it's something, and it does feel really nice to... Connect with people that way, you know. Just find ways. Drive by birthday parties. Drive by birthday parties. Yes, find ways to to stay connected. I mean, we have all the technology now. All right. Number four, create a new adaptive schedule taking cancellations into account. So again, this can apply to so many things. I know I do a schedule with my kids. It is definitely a light schedule, but just having it makes a difference. So we know there's like at least three to four main things we hit on that schedule every day. And I think it does give me and my kids a sense of like calm in this storm. That like we know we're gonna do this. At some point we're gonna do this, this or this. And it doesn't have to be exact. It doesn't have to like you know if you if you miss something, who cares? But at least there's some kind of like there's a there's a goal for the day, or there's like there's a feeling that there's a purpose. (laughs) Okay, number five. I do the same thing. Number five, do a worry drop. I like this a lot, okay? Write out all of your fears in a journal until your anxiety has dropped by half. Make a daily list of what is going well and remember the things that are going well. Again, this kind of goes back to like filling your brain with positive messages, seeking out good news, telling yourself, like reminding yourself about your gratitude, um, what you're grateful for, all of that, you guys, so important. And then, you know, it kind of goes on to say, if you have um, a pre-existing mental health condition, these recommendations are really important. If you have appointments with your therapist or doctor, keep them. Our mental health right now, you guys, is like just right next to our physical health. So take that time. It's not selfish. It's necessary. And um, that kind of wraps it up. Yeah. I, feel, I I love feel, it. Um, just giving everyone that permission. <laughs> yep.
0: All right. Are it. we ready
1: for some Ask the Medium? Yes, we are. Okay. This week, our first question comes to us from Andrea, who lives in Sacramento. And she says, I think I'm getting signs from loved ones who have passed, sometimes in dreams and sometimes in symbols. How do I explore this deeper and get clearer messages?
0: I love that question. Um, Yeah, I I hear this a lot. And when you think you're getting messages from spirit. You probably are. I think that to It sounds like she's being able to connect with um, that person through it. That's a dog. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Please hold. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I love this question so much. I think that you know, oftentimes when people think that they're getting like a symbol or a loved one, they're like, Am I crazy? Am I going nuts? And it's like then they'll meet with a medium or meet with myself and we'll give that symbol to them. So it's like incredibly validating. When you're doing it for yourself, I think that the number one tip is to really kind of just get into like a clear mindset. So um I talked I've talked so much about meditation, but I think that you can do this kind of even on a lesser of like scale is that if you are feeling something, if say you smell them or say you see something that reminds you of them and you just kind of can feel that they're there, you can explore that by just taking a minute and settling into that. So it's not going to get louder with you, like then moving on to do the dishes. And then, you know, it's like you need to kind of connect with it and find that moment of peace and you can ask them for more. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to kind of come from a place of calm and come from a place of like being centered with your energy where your thoughts can kind of stick with them. So it's like, you can kind of anchor your thoughts with them. And when you do that and you can concentrate kind of on connecting with them through like your heart space and you can feel them and like feel the love from them, then you're in. So it's like, you can kind of feel the love from them. You can kind of feel like you're connected to them. And then you can ask them for more and say like, if that was you, like show me another sign, or if that was you, please bring this to me, or I'm having a hard time making this decision. Please give me a sign to get, and they will give it to you, but you can set the rules of this engagement. They actually want you to set the rules. So if you say like my sign for my grandpa is going to be, I don't know, like a white motorcycle or something random like that, then that's going to be the symbol that they, that they'll use to get through to you. Cause that's what's been assigned. Um, so you can kind of set these and can connect with them that way and explore it. But it's really, really hard to do when you have a mind that's going like a million different ways and when your energy is not like calm enough to kind of receive it. And I think that's why people will sometimes feel like they're receiving these messages, like if they're in the car or if they're in the shower or whatever, and they can kind of feel these messages come through from their loved ones. And then other times it's like, they just haven't been, they I haven't gotten anything from them. It's like, well, they're not gone. You're just not getting it. So um, their energy is usually around you and you're, they're really just kind of a thought away. So you can kind of reconnect with them and feel their energy, but you have to come from a place of centered and like, um, and really, kind of focus in on it.
1: I love that. I notice a lot of people get butterflies from loved ones. Yeah, I love that's that a one. that's a that's a really common beautiful sign. So our next question comes to us from Leslie, who lives in Tribuco Canyon, and she asks, "What happens when your soulmate slash spouse here on Earth passes, and the person left to continue being a soul?" After having a worldly, earthly experience, so the person who's still living um, finds another soulmate. How do these souls all coexist in heaven once they are all on the other side? Ooh, I love this question. So basically, she's asking, you know, you your husband or your partner passes, and then you have a new partner, and then when you guys are all on the other side as souls, then what? <laughs> Is it, it awkward? A <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, love triangle? <laughs> it's a
0: love triangle. Um, no, I, I think it's such a great question because this can kind of apply. Like, I'll give an answer, but you can kind of apply this to lots of different things because it's just like the philosophy that I have personally experienced with spirits. And I, I think there's quite a few people who will kind of say the same thing. When you transition to the other side, you're really part of something bigger. So um, I'm not sure if I've given this analogy yet before, but it really is kind of like love is God and say like God is the sun, then we're the rays. So each individual soul is like the ray of sunshine coming down. We are all connected to that sun. So even though we have like our own individual experiences and like our own individual presence on the other side, we're still kind of connected so, there's not going to be like our relationships are not the same in spirit world as they are here. There's like a deep love for things on the other side. So, don't feel like you're going to be missing that. You will receive that again. But it's this wholeness that you're connected to. So, it's kind of this love that's beyond comprehension in this like really expansive universe to where you can kind of be in love with so many different things and have, you don't have this like sense of ownership. I mean, you have loyalty, but it's a different, it's not as secluded, I think as like the way that we put our limits in the physical. I feel like it's bigger than that and deeper than that. And I believe in past lives. So there's like a whole other layer there too, where you're kind of reconnected with lots of different things from that you've experienced. So, um, so it's not limiting that one person you're going to be connected with maybe the two soulmates that you had on earth here but also maybe some other people that you don't remember right now because you're living in the physical that you'll be reunited with when you cross
1: I love that and I'm going to say it again level up yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you really do that's so cool I love the sun analogy too Okay, so before we wrap up, I want to read something that um, I posted on my Instagram, and I've seen it floating around. And Just in case you haven't read it, I'm, I think it's so perfect for everything going on right now, and you've heard it, Jen. But here it goes. I don't know the author, by the way, so there's no author going around this viral post. If you guys know it, please, um, you know, at me. Okay, so it says, we are all in the same boat. We are not all in the same storm. For some people, it's sprinkling. This is a break. It's a breather. It's a pause in the normal. It's a time to reconnect with family and slow down. Honestly, it's kind of peaceful. For some, it's a storm. It's a bit scary. It's disruptive. It's enough to make you stay up and watch the news and worry. For some, it's a hurricane. It's tearing at the boards and pulling on the roof. It's washing them out to sea. It's dark and unknown. It's life-changing. It's not wrong to be enjoying the sprinkles or enduring the storm, but please don't negate the difference. Rest with family, but don't minimize the hurricane engulfing your neighbor. Laugh at that meme, but get on your knees for your friends. Get in someone else's storm. It's my favorite.
0: I know. It, like, chokes me up again reading it. I've read it so many times, but I just absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, it's really great. And that's – so that's just – kind of completely encompasses everything that's happening right now Mm -hmm. so once again you guys sending you so much love sending all of our medical heroes so much love and prayer um a shout out to the essential workers your work is you're seen (laughs) yeah see you (laughs) thanks you guys we love
0: you and talk to you next week